0: This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. All right, Freedom Alley, well, we are starting a brand new sermon series today. I feel like this fresh word of God, I'm I'm so excited to communicate it to you today. I feel like it's going to be all over the place because I just have so much to say. But wasn't that an awesome word from Tim Bennett? We appreciate him so much. We were scheduled to have an epic weekend uh, at the end of next month, at the end of May with him. And so we're going to have to figure all of that out and what that looks like as we go here. But we are just so grateful for the Bennetts and their ministry and them just pouring into us as a church. Listen, I have been so enjoying reading all of your comments this morning. You guys are just more active than ever online, which is amazing. Uh, and we, with our new app, we sent out a question, how many people are watching in your house? So if you, if you get a chance, answer that question. We'd love to just know how many people are sitting around watching with you. We don't get a whole lot of feedback from these services, so it's really nice to know that there are dogs also watching the stream. (laughs) A lot of you said one human, two dogs. Seven of us total plus the dog. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching and commenting and really interacting with us through this season. It helps us so much. So, solutions. Heading into this brand new series, we are solutions looking for problems. That is who we are. Are as Christians. It's something I say a lot around here. We are solutions looking for problems. And now I say it especially to the staff around here, to the volunteers, to the teams. But when I heard it for the first time, it really changed some things for me. It changed the way I look at situations in my life, it changed my thinking. And when your thinking changes, everything changes. Romans 12, 12, 12, two, excuse me, says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Stop getting stuck in destructive patterns of thinking. We talked about this back in the temper temper series, remember from February, stop taking wrong conclusions from life and allow God to give you the right conclusions because it does guide your way of thinking, renew your mind and be transformed. And that's what this series is all about. We are called to be solutions to our world, to bring light to a world that doesn't even know they're living in darkness, to be salt in a world that doesn't know it's flavorless. And yet as Christians, we stay stuck sometimes. We stay stuck in these wrong patterns of thinking, wrong conclusions about ourselves and the world around us. It's time to stop that. We have to stop that. We are solutions in this world full of problems, but we can't help others when we're not thinking right ourselves. Right now, we find ourselves in a world full of all new problems, different problems than we've ever dealt with before and we're going to have to get a little agile in our thinking we're going to have to get out of those stubborn patterns of thinking we can't afford anymore to be stuck in the old ways of doing things just because we've always done them it doesn't mean it's going to work in this new world today our routines have been interrupted we don't know if we're ever going to get back to normal the normal that we knew before anyway But we don't worship normal. (laughs) We weren't guaranteed normal, right? We worship the God of solutions. The God who knows of the solution for your problem today before it was ever even a problem. He has planned for it. The God who planned to bring us back to him long before we ever left. The God who is always doing a new thing. That's where our focus needs to be. And so Ephesians tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Right? Our struggle is a spiritual one. We win the war in the spiritual. And we must learn how to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. We must renew our thinking and learn how to think correctly. I think, therefore I am. Right? So we're going to 2 Corinthians 10 5 today we're going to kick off this series by really focusing in on how to renew our minds, how to correct our thinking so that we can be solutions in this world today. And I believe 2 Corinthians 10:5 gives us some hints. About how to do that. Now, we're just gonna read this one verse today in a couple different versions because as I was studying this verse this week, I just kept coming back to just this verse, but I wanted to examine it and research it and figure it out. And so I looked at it in multiple uh, versions to try to figure out exactly what it's saying. How can I apply this to my life in this area and this area? And what I found was a a couple different things to pull out of each version. Now, they basically all say the same thing, of course, but just the slightly different wording that it used helped really pull a few things out for me. And so we're gonna go to the NLT first, the New Living Translation, uh, 2 Corinthians 10. Five says, we destroy every proud obstacle. We destroy, listen to the word there. It's a violent word. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We destroy proud obstacles. Proud obstacles. Pride keeps us from knowing God. It's an obstacle. Pride is a sneaky bugger too, right? Just when you start thinking that maybe you have this sin thing conquered, right? Maybe you've got it all together now. Maybe finally your ducks are all in a row and you've, you're nailing this life thing, this, even this Jesus life thing. You've got this. You're super sinless, selfless, just a, just a super person all around, that's when pride sneaks up on you, right? That's when pride will sneak up and get you, right? When you think you have everything under control, That it makes you start relying more on yourself, less on God. And before you know it, you're in rebellion, out and out rebellion, because you're not relying on God at all anymore. Now it's all about you. That's why we have to capture those thoughts, destroying every proud obstacle. We, we have to capture them. We have to arrest them, not allow them to continue misbehaving. Throw them in a jail where they can't hurt you anymore. It means you have to set up rules for your thinking. Now, I know this is a new concept to most people, right? I, I set up rules for my behavior. Why do I also have to set up rules for my mind? But that's what this is talking about. Boundaries for your thought life. The word of God gives us those boundaries. Things you aren't actually allowed to keep thinking. It matters in your behavior because that's what it ends up being. Your thoughts end up being your behavior. But Jesus and all of his teachings drilled down on not just our behavior, but our thought life. Now, you may say, well, well Candace, how, how, how can I possibly control my thoughts? I can't control what just pops into my brain, right? And true, you can't control every thought, and I don't expect you to. But once a thought enters your mind, you then have a choice. You can control what to do with that thought. Are you going to continue to allow yourself to dwell on it, go down that road for a while, turn it over in your mind, sit with it for a while, right? That that anxiety feeling where it just builds and it builds and it builds and we allow it to build in our minds or are you going to capture it? So what do we do with those thoughts, right? Once we've captured them, once we've identified what we're capturing, how do you even do that, right? That anxiety feeling can feel so overwhelming like, like you just can't, control it. And for this answer, I want to look in yet another version. Same verse, 2 Corinthians 10:5, but a new version. This is called the Passion Translation. Listen to how the Passion Translation translated 2 Corinthians 10:5. We can demolish, again, very violent wording, demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance. Of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. We insist. It's all very aggressive language, right? We insist. On obedience. And this is how, once we've captured that thought, we continue to bring it under the knowledge, how does it say, the true knowledge of God, the anointed one of Jesus, this verse says. And so, every thought, once identified as being rebellious or arrogant or wrong, must bow in obedience to Jesus. Therefore, we must know the teachings of Jesus. Right? We have to know what he's saying in order to be obedient to them. We must dwell on them instead, his teachings, Jesus' heart, his mindset and understanding. And practically what this means is, you know, maybe you're worried about money, right? You know, you shouldn't be worried because you're tithing faithfully and so you know God has promised to take care of you, but you just can't help but worry. So what do you do? Look up what Jesus said. What did Jesus teach about money? What does the Bible teach about money? Did Jesus put his faith in money? You can go back to one of the first weeks of Privileges to learn a little bit about this in your new app. Listen to the podcast right there in your new app, Privileges Week 1 or 2. We talked about how Jesus doesn't put his faith in money. His treasure was in people, right? He put his faith in his Father in heaven. Fill your brain with that instead of worrying. Fill your brain with that. I have told you multiple times I went through this period back in January where I just could wrench my brain away from all of the negative. Past stuff, future stuff, I just had all this worry. I felt like I was under attack or something. I just couldn't get it under control. I found a sermon, actually, by T.D. Jakes, uh, Stephen Furtick, an interview on one of the Elevation pages. And I basically crawled inside that sermon and I lived there for a solid week. And it was two hours long. I just kept playing it over and over and over. I filled my mind with good things, with godly things. I was training my brain, insisting on obedience. No matter what was going on up here that I felt like was so out of control, I was going to fill it with good things. I was going to insist on obedience. And it helped, by the way, so much. I got through that thing in a matter of days instead of weeks because I insisted on obedience using the word of God. Now, let's look at yet another version of this passage. As I kept looking through versions this week, I found that each one, although they ultimately mean the same thing, helped me think about this in a whole new way and, and sort of gain an even deeper meaning from this one verse. And so we're gonna read it again, 2 Corinthians ten five in the message version. And all of these are in your app, by the way. If you go uh, in your church app and click on sermon notes, you can see every single one of these with a little bit of background on each. We get we use our powerful God tools. Isn't that a funny way of putting it? God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion, every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Same verse. Little bit of a different meaning. Puts it in a whole new perspective, doesn't it? Smashing warped philosophies. So it's talking about structure. Structure thoughts and emotions. Every loose thought. And so this particular version uses those words like philosophies and structures. Meaning not just a stray thought here and there. Right? But the things that you've built into your life, not just fleeting thoughts and moments, built-in ways of thinking and being. Over time, when we continue to do this, we build structures of thought. There's actually a whole lot of science that goes into all this, which I won't get into today. Look up Dr. Caroline Leaf and watch some of her things about building thoughts. We can actually use our minds to build our brains, if that makes sense. We can use what we're thinking to change the very structure of our brains, of our physiology. It's amazing how this works. And the Bible's been telling us it's true for centuries, right? Science is just now proving what the Bible has always known. We have built in ways of thinking and being, and we can change these by the power of thought. The Bible gives us insight onto this. Over time, when we continue to train our minds, to think on good things, to renew our minds, transforming ourselves through the power of the word, we build structures of thought. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds over and over and over. And we constantly must fight the battle to fit every loose thought, every emotion, every impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. So our Bible plan right now, so many of you have joined us in this Bible plan that we've been doing on the YouVersion Bible app. It has been so awesome to see all of your comments and read what you're learning right now in this time of being so apart. It helps me feel so connected to you all. Uh, Right now, we're, we're in this plan called Fast From Wrong Thinking, fast from wrong thinking. And every single day we're focusing on one wrong thought. We fast from it. We're disciplining ourselves not to think that way anymore. It's thoughts like, I feel powerless. I am afraid. Thoughts that we shouldn't be thinking anymore because we've been given power and authority by the Holy Spirit. But I once experimented with a fast from selfishness and honestly, I thought, surely I'm a super selfless person, right? I, I This won't be difficult at all. I got this, and so I just felt loved, led by the Holy Spirit. I went to bed that night, and I thought, tomorrow, for one day, I'm going to watch my thoughts carefully, and I'm going to fast from all forms of selfishness. So if I'm You know, given a decision to make, even something as simple as, you know, washing the dishes at night or, I don't know, serving my family in some way, every thought I'm gonna examine, every decision, I'm gonna make sure it is the selfless decision. And no problem, I'm a selfless person, I got this. (laughs) But tell you what, it was the hardest day I have had in a long time. Couldn't believe how many structures of thought I had allowed myself to get out of control and selfishness and little things. I thought, surely this doesn't mean much. You know, I can sit on the couch and do nothing for a while. That was the, the selfless thing. I, it was out of control. It was out of control. And I was suddenly confronted by this thought that I'm not the selfless person I thought I was. I need to change that. I need to discipline my mind. Because selfishness can so easily ruin things. Just a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of entitlement, a little bit of selfishness can ruin relationships, can ruin family time. It can ruin good things in your life if it becomes an attitude. And isn't that what we're talking about here? Not just building fleeting thoughts and moments, but building structures of thoughts, Attitudes and mindsets. Those thoughts that we're, we're disciplining, they become mindsets that you live with. And that brings me to the fourth version of this particular scripture, 2 Corinthians 10 5. I'm going to read it in the NIV translation last. We demolish, again, with the violent language, we demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We demolish assumptions, demolish pretension and assumptions, right? The things that we think we know, the things we think we know. There's so many things that I'm realizing I assume about life even things that I assume that I've been taught and I go to the Bible and oh it doesn't actually say it quite like that right I have to demolish assumptions that so many of our Bible heroes throughout the centuries have have done this right I just started thinking of a couple off the top of my head Moses. Right, He ran from his old life. He, he wanted to start a new life. And here God shows up in a burning bush and he says, Moses, you're a leader. You're the one I've called to set my people free. And Moses says, uh, no, God, I'm not a leader. Right? I can't, I can't even speak well. You, you know this, this mouth thing that I have, this stutter, whatever it was. I, I can't speak great, right, God. My mouth doesn't work. How am I going to lead people when I can't even get words out of my mouth? And what did God say? Who makes mouths, Moses, right? I've chosen you to be a leader and I happen to be the guy that makes the thing you're complaining about. We got this, He had to renew his mind, his way of thinking that he was stuck in something that God had given him. When actually the God of the universe was calling him, of course he's gonna fix it. Who makes mouths, Moses? You have to renew your mind. And after that, Moses was chosen to lead the Israelites, but the Israelites were stuck in this slave mentality. They were trained to complain because they were powerless to do anything else. And so they complained about everything. Instead of being able to, to pick up something and fix it themselves, they were powerless to do anything else, stuck in a slave mentality. God had to retrain their thinking teach them, again, how to think for themselves and to rely on no one but the God of their ancestors. There's others too. There's Cain, right? Cain and Abel. You remember this story. Cain had this uh, religious mindset already, even at such an early age in our existence. He thought, if I just bring the bare minimum, God will be happy with that, right? I'll just bring the bare minimum, that's religion, that's jumping through the hoops. And God had to renew that mindset. And it's not actually about religion at all, Cain. It's not about jumping through the hoops. It's about knowing me, understanding me, and having a relationship. How about Rahab? Right? Rahab, in the city where everybody was so evil and selfish, Rahab could have thought, well, everyone is doing it. It must be right. She was the only one who had a renewed mind, who thought maybe there's a better way. She thought past her own selfishness. Maybe there's a better way. Right? There's Gideon, right, who thought there must be power in numbers. If I can just get an army large enough, and what did God do? He whittled it down, showing Gideon your power isn't in numbers. Your power is in me. Throughout this series, we're going to talk about Bible heroes like this. We're going to talk about Esther and and David in this series. They were solutions in this world, in their world. When no one else would step up and fix a problem, they did. They saw themselves as solutions in their world. Jesus' parables were so countercultural and groundbreaking in his time because it wasn't just about behavior groundbreaking in our time, too. It's not just about behavior. It's about changing the way we think, seeing the kingdom of God in a new way, opening up our thinking from our our very finite existence and seeing things from his perspective. We are solution-focused because we are Jesus-focused. He didn't focus on the problems of this world, but on the solution. And so we don't focus on the sickness, but on the healer. We don't focus on the thief, but the giver, right? We don't focus on the liar, but the source of all truth. It doesn't mean we can solve anything or, or that we should, should even solve everything, but that we should do what's put before us to do with what is in our hands, It's about seeing the possibilities right around us. Disciplining your mind to see. I hear people say sometimes, why why would I want to bring children into this world? It's so cruel. It'll just beat them up and, and it's so evil out there. Why would I want to expose them to that? And I even hear the same sort of attitude from Christians Sometimes, you know, we want to hide our children away from the world as if evil is something that's out there, not in here. Aaron and I, my husband and I, raise our children to be solutions in this world. They see their school as a mission field and they don't conform to it. They set the temperature in the room they're in. They're not a thermostat, they are a thermostat, not a thermometer. Right, they go in and set the temperature, and we give them these pep talks all the time. Every Monday morning when, when they were in school, when school was in session, while waiting for the bus, I'd say, okay, what's our Monday morning pep talk? And they would say, yeah, uh, be Jesus to your school. Okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean to be Jesus to our school? It means we are the salt and the light of the world. When someone is being bullied, we stand up for the oppressed, all right, when someone needs a hug and a friend, we are that friend. We step up and do the hard work that no one else is willing to do because we are Jesus in our world. We are the solution in this world. And yeah, I'd, I'd straight up tell them, right? You don't really have a choice. You are a leader because you have Jesus inside of you. And those kids may never know anyone else that has Jesus inside them. You're a leader, you're different. Than kids who don't have Jesus inside them. And it's nothing to brag about or be boastful about. It's all Jesus. You are the light. You are the joy. You have the hope. And not all kids have that. So it's your job to tell them. This is our Monday morning pet talk. I get a little preachy on my front porch, but they do it. They did it. When we were in school, uh, right before all this COVID stuff started, I was telling, I was going to actually tell this story to you all and film this testimony video of Telly telling the story. But what happened was she was witnessing on her school bus, <laughs> just telling other kids about Jesus. She, she told a kid named Todd all about Jesus one day and what sin was and the Bible and all about her church. And that day she came home and we made a plan to bring Todd a Bible. They had an extra one laying around one of their rooms. And so the next day she and her brother crew my son they, they went in on the bible and they brought him a bible and they gave it to him i said read this read this it's all about jesus all those questions you were asking yesterday this tells the story and we bought a heroes of the bible comic book type of boys thing uh from for him in the fb cafe and they gave that to him the next day with an invitation to our easter egg hunt which of course didn't happen but COVID hit and Who knows? Maybe those books are Todd's lifeline right now. Maybe he's in a household that's miserable. Maybe it's abusive. Sure, maybe it's sitting at the bottom of his closet right now, completely unread and forgotten about and covered in clothes or whatever. But maybe he'll discover them all over again the next time he cleans. And that's the moment that he needs them. Maybe it's exactly what he needed it. In this season and will never know the amount that it affected him. Maybe he would be a lost soul forever without my kids on that school bus at that exact time. Maybe we need to stop being afraid of a world that can't touch our souls and start being the solution. We are the solution looking for a problem. That's who you are, follower of Jesus. You are the solution. We have to renew our minds and change our thinking, understanding that we are the solution in our world if we're going to affect it at all for Jesus. We have to get right so we can help others get right. Now, I wanna talk to those out there today for just a minute that, that may still be unsure about all this. Maybe you're watching today because someone invited you and you didn't want to be rude and say no. (laughs) Maybe you're watching today because it happens to be on in the room. Someone else is watching. I'm here to tell you though that Jesus is the solution for your soul. However you're hurting today, the guilt that you may feel, the pain, the unforgiveness, the shame, the only one that can truly take all of that away, can set you free, is Jesus. He came to this world to set us free, to free the captives. And That's not physical prison, that's the prison of our mind. Those traps that we get into, the loops that play in our head. I'm not worthy, I'm so ashamed. You don't know what I've done. Right? God could never forgive me. I, I could never know a perfect God because I am so not perfect. Jesus came to fix all of those thoughts, all of those mindsets and attitudes. He came to bring freedom. He gave his life, his perfect, sinless life for you so that you wouldn't have to feel the shame and the pain anymore, so that you could be set free, so that you could know the creator of heaven and earth, your creator, who knows you better than you know yourself. He wants to speak into your life. He wants to set you free, forgive you from your sins. And it's so easy because of Jesus all we have to do is say, God, I believe Jesus Christ came. I believe he gave himself as a sacrifice for me. I accept his forgiveness in my life. And I choose today to live for him, to walk in the freedom that he's given me. If you'd like to do that today, maybe for the first time, or it's just been a really long time, type I'm in in the comments, wherever you're watching this. I'm in for following Jesus. I'm in maybe for the first time for the first time in a very long time. I want to be free. Type I'm in in the comments just so we can give you some tools to help you with that decision. So we can tell you to start reading in the Bible that will be most helpful to you. So we can have a conversation. Help help you feel the freedom of your savior. Father, today We thank you and we praise you for sending your son. Thank you that we get to walk in freedom, that we get to be the solutions to our world, that not only do we get to walk in freedom, but we get to be the solution. We get to offer that freedom, that hope to the people around us. Father, I pray that you would send each of us out as ambassadors for your word that even though we can't be in close proximity to other human beings right now, that you, you've made a way where there is no way. Help us get creative in this season. Help us see problems that we can help with in everyday life. Help us see the opportunities and conversations to bring Jesus in. To say, you know, I don't know about you, but I believe in Jesus and here's what he's done in my life. You should try it. God, help us see those opportunities. Help us renew our own mindsets and attitudes and ways of thinking. Help us be free so we can lead others as well. Help us be that vibrant, passionate, selfless church you've called us to be so we can genuinely change the world with the message of the gospel. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: We don't know what the future holds. The Bible makes it clear that only God knows the dates and times. He he gives us an outline of what's going to happen, and we know in the end he wins. But just because we don't know what the future holds, that's not an excuse for fear, because we are a vibrant, passionate, and selfless church, and we've got a job to do to change the world with the message of the gospel. Be the solution. Be the solution. We can do this. FV Church, don't let this be the last time we hear from you. Don't let this be your last time in prayer and worship this week. Continue to pursue God. Sign up for the Bible reading plan. Get on the FV Church app. Stay connected.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash imn. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.